Hey, I'm Kevin Dees, and this is the RoboJuice Podcast. Hey, it's Kevin, and I'm here today with Will Stewart. Will has quite a portfolio. He's worked with Michelin, TV Bank, Fats Cafe, and he is all about video, right? Is that Absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah. So, Will, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks so much. I appreciate you having me. being here. Video. Why Why in the world did you start doing video? As What, what made you want to do that as a career? Yeah, so um, it's a kind of a long convoluted story that I'll make really short, but um, my love has always been about uh, helping small businesses grow, and I've uh, gotten into bigger business, Fortune 100 companies, but um, our love and our passion is about uh, helping these small businesses grow. And um, I started off with web design. I, uh, okay. I bought a uh, a really thick book by Molly Harshlog. Harshlog, I don't even know how you say her name. You probably know her. Um, HTML4. It was in Sam's. Okay. And I bought that book, read awesome. through it, and then I started programming and designing websites. Right. Um, it was a love of mine, and then a... a a friend of mine called me up one day and said, hey, I have a radio station. Will you uh, build us a website for our radio station? I was like, yeah. I mean, that sounds like fun. I was, I was right. a teenager in high school. And, uh, and then he said... Okay. So this started in high school? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you were interested in helping small businesses even, even as then. early as high school? Yeah. What kind of uh, made you... What, what, what made you want to help small businesses? Like what was, did you see businesses struggling or did you have a family member? And you're like, Oh, if only I could help you out. Like what was, I had kind nobody. Of yeah. Nobody was in, 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 um, uh, entrepreneur in my family, um, yeah. at all. And I didn't have anybody that I knew really. I think it would, it, like I've learned since that it's kind of built into me that I'm, I'm a perfectionist and perfectionists see problems. And they like to fix it. So, you, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm the kind of person that I like to see. I see things that are what I perceive as injustices, you know, sometimes perfectionists are, you know, a, a trash can is in the wrong place and they see that as an injustice. That's unhealthy, but right. a healthy version of it is saying, you know, for me, it was just like, man, these, the internet was coming out and, um, you know, this was like 98 and, right. uh, um, you know, the, the websites were coming out and they were looking terrible and I saw it and I was like, I could do so much better. I mean, I knew right. I could do better than that. And so I there bought this book. There weren't a lot book. of options in 98 no. though. Yeah. Was, I mean. It was terrible. It was all yeah. bad. You know, and yeah. it's, it, we're all just like learning and honestly, it's still the wild west. Um, right. But it was even a wilder west. <laughs> you know, and, and, <laughs> oh, absolutely. So, um, so I, I knew I could do better and honestly, I, the first websites were terrible. I mean, okay. I, you know, they were just absolutely horrible but I was learning and I was growing right um and for me that started me on the path of how do you communicate to people um a message that they want to receive and they want to to listen to right. you know it's it's all about talking to people who already want your product you know right you already have a need they don't really want your product they have a need and your product can fulfill right you know that need and so fast forward I grew the company sold it to another company um started working as the creative director for that company for so years. you started a web company yeah a web and you, then you sold that off yeah okay yeah and then uh was the creative director for an agency for a while uh then we brought in video and 
I was already into photography, did a lot of film photography um, back in high mm-hmm. school all the way through and loved it and loved that, that medium. Did you sell the business in high school? Or? No, I was pro- probably in my, let's see, I was in my mid-20s. By that okay, time. so you, you started the business around high school, yeah. your high school years coming out of your senior year or and then I was a, through college? Yeah, I was a freshman. So yeah. through college, then you sold that company through yeah. college and then you went to work at this agency. Yeah. Did, did your education have anything? Did it align with this? Your desire to help companies spread their message, or was there another background that you were aiming at? Really, um, education didn't have anything to do with it. I mean, I, okay. I, honestly, whenever by the time it was, I was graduated out of high school, um, I looked at how much money I was making, and I looked at how much my friends were spending to go to college, and right. I just skipped the whole college thing. So I never okay. went to I never went to college. So okay, so you have no college. No. So the assumption there would be. You went to college, but that, yeah, that no, not, that's not in the car to you. That's, no. that's very cool. Yeah, it's very unusual, you know, but yeah. I just, I've always been just one of these serial entrepreneur type guys that right. just struck out on my own. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah for better You're ready worse. to start hustling as soon as you're out of high school, right? Yeah, excellent. Oh, it's, it's either in you or it's not, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, I ended up working for this agency and man, I, I grew so much. I learned a lot, you know, and I needed that. You have to have whether you go to college or you go um, some other place or you know tech school or something. You need some kind of apprenticeship. You know, you need some way to learn. You know, and right. you can't you just need a mentor. Right, and you can't yeah. just just go out on your on your own. As much as it was great for me to buy that book, you know, that did start me off. Right, but that's not enough. You know, you need right. that human interaction. You need someone to say that's terrible. You know, that's just right. what you just did was just awful, and you need to do it better. Right. So, anybody listening to the show right now, you have Will as your mentor right now. <laughs> that's right. So, uh, listen closely to what this guy says. Now, you know your stuff. Um, so, you moved in the agency world, and I'm I'm assuming after that you've you've moved out and you start the Nine Eight Central. Yeah, I fell in love with video. When I helped the agency start their video program, um, I walked in. Once we, there's a new camera that that came out that really allowed you to shoot beautiful things in a cinematic way, and okay. um, it, it just took the world by storm. And I said, you know, I showed it to my my boss, and I said, look, we could act, do this. We have some really good clients that right. we do, you know, print and web for. Um, but I think if we did video as well, it'd just be another value add to to them. And you know, I think we can do this. And so um, it was one meeting. <laughs> I was like, this is how much I think it's going to cost, how much I think we can get it from him. And uh, he said, yeah. And uh, so that's, that's the start of, of that. And I fell in that love with awesome. it. I absolutely fell in love with video. And you asked, you know, why video? Um, the reason why I love video, it's, it's because it's, communication is, is, uh, is verbal and nonverbal. You right. know, and a lot of times when we communicate to each other, I don't know what the exact percentage is, but what speech is, what, 20, 30%, something around there. The rest of it is, you know, eyebrow raises and hand motions and right. you know, the expression of the face and all that. Um, you can't get that with other mediums. And this is a great way to communicate. Um, right. It's a very natural way to communicate. It's the way that, that we were, you know, from, from the beginning kind of intended to face-to-face, you know, communication. And it's, it's the, the evolution of communication that I think um, is an important tool for any company or anybody wanting to get their message out, right. you know, and there's places for podcasts, there's places for, you know, print and web and, you know, all that. I mean, everything, there's every tool is, is right. necessary. You have the different mediums. Yeah. But I just love it. Your message can go in every medium. Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to, to say, oh, 
video is the best. Let's not do anything else. Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And there's no way, like, mm-hmm. for instance, video needs a, a call to action, you know, right. um, that leads someone to somewhere, you know, so whether that's a... Break that down for me. What, what are you talking about there? We've talked about calls to actions on the show already, so our audience already understands that you're asking, you're asking somebody to do something with your call to action. But what do you mean by a call to action in video? What does that look like? Yeah, sure. So um, a call to action is basically a request of whoever's watching the video, reading something, uh, you know, listening to a podcast of, you know, this is what I want you to do next. You know, even if it was a fluff piece, something that was just like, hey, here's five tips on how to keep your teeth clean and healthy. You know, Um, people don't even want those fluff pieces to be like, okay, bye. You know, at the end, it needs to be something that says, you know, hey, to learn more about, you know, how to keep your teeth clean, go here. And so we're just built somehow in human psychology. We want to, someone to tell us what to do next and right. how to take that information and actually go conquer the world. You know, we all want yeah. to be the hero and we want to do something awesome with our lives. You know, all of us do. Right. So, so you need a guide then. So that video would be that person giving you direction. Right. right? So you're the hero and you have this guide over here who's like, let me, let me point you in the right direction. So right. that's what a call to action is helping somebody do then. Well, a call, uh, a call to action is even more than that, I think. I think it's a very direct statement or set, series of statements that say, hey, you've learned all this information about us, you know, whether it's right. consciously or subconsciously, you know, whether it's through like a, a simple branding piece, 30-second, whatever. Um, and at the very end, you go, do this, you know, whether it's visit our website or, um, you know, call us today. You know, the, the, the great call to actions that are the most obvious are, are like lawyer commercials, you know, right. have you been injured in a car wreck, you know, call this law firm, you know, and those are terrible when <laughs> right. they work. <laughs> right. They're awful. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's basically what a call to action is. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So, uh, you know, we were talking about how you got inspired to do video because you wanted to share the message with company. You wanted to right. help companies communicate and have a call to action in that, in that piece what you know what happens after that so this is the beginning of 98 central right Right. yeah yeah yeah. so then uh you start making these videos you said web was your passion at first so obviously there's been a shift there because now your sole focus is pretty much video and communicating stories through that medium so um was it the the video just enamored you and it was just like okay nothing else i'm just doing this or was there like a transition between yeah there definitely was a transition um i had an amicable split with the agency that i worked with and i just come to them and said hey look i love video this is amazing and my mentor there who just helped me so much um was just very supportive and he said look man go do your do your passion and i support you 100 percent and um you know i owe him a lot he did he did some some great things to, to help me along the way um, and so while I was doing the video and, you know, getting our name and, you know, I recently moved to Greenville and, and, you know, so I, I was married, new area, and like working on video alone. Right. Um, I did some stuff on the side just had clients that, that, um, you know, I could, I could just do some freelance work with. I gotcha. And that so was help I, with the cash flow, basically. Yeah. I mean, like you gotta pay the bills, you know? So you are, did you already have a picture in your head then that, Hey, videos where I'm at, but I've got to do these certain things to be able to do this, what I love yes. full time. Yes. Is that, so that was the deal pretty much. Um, for a little bit, I, I was a, a bit, I think, um, fuzzy. I didn't like, 
I knew I wanted to do video, but I think I was more going along of like video 75% and everything else 25%. Okay. Um, and I guess that vision worked f- for the first year just because you have to pay bills, you know, and it's probably a 50 50 thing, even, you know, just a, in far, as far as dollars amount go. Um, but I learned quickly that to be an expert, you have to focus on one thing and do it really well. And at least that's for me. Like I just, I'm, I'm a niche kind of guy and I niche till it hurts and niche, niche, niche all the way as much as I can. And, um, you know, for our company to be successful, you know, there's our, there are marketing agencies that do everything Mm -hmm. and that works for them. But for them to be able to do that, they usually have an expert in each vertical, you know, they have an expert web guy, they have an expert print guy and, you know, they kind of just like go along the line. So, I couldn't afford that. I couldn't afford any guys. I was the guy, you know. Right. <laughs> so yeah, you're um, you're, st- you're the basic startup. Yeah. Hustle and grind, hustle and grind until you get that traction that you need. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And so that's, I mean, just I newly married, and my wife and I just, you know, pinched pennies and made it work. A year in, um, I had a client that was paying, you know, roughly about fifteen thousand a year for print and web uh, work. And I knew I was like, I gotta, I gotta let them go, you know, cause, right. because even though that was $15,000 and that's big, big money when you're just starting out, um, I knew that they were, uh, slowing me down and keeping right. me from doing the thing that, that I was passionate about, that I was naturally gifted mm-hmm. in and that, um, I knew could succeed. Right. Um, so we had a very great conversation and I was like, Hey man, you know, you, you know, I've been transitioning toward this, this has kind of been the, the, the way I'm, I'm going. I can't you know, work for you anymore in this capacity. If you need right. video work, I'm more than happy to do it, but let me share some people that I think would be awesome to work with. That's very interesting to me. So basically you have this side income, this side income stream yeah. against your primary focus. And at some point you recognized, right? Like what you just said, I've got to, I've got a. uh, hone it in. I've yeah. got to become more focused. Has that always been like a guiding principle a value that you've had like throughout your career of saying in order to be successful in the things that I care about, I have to hone it in. I can't try to do these 10 things. Yes. You know? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think no one can. I mean, I think there are a few exceptions. There's exceptions to everything. Right. But, right. um, for any business to be successful, you have to just limit the menu. You know, and right. um, it's like whenever you go to a restaurant, yeah, the mom and so pop, true. it's like 20 pages in the menu, right? They yeah, do pasta, <laughs> they yeah. do sandwiches, they do burgers, they do steaks, you know, and it's like, then you're like, what are you, you know? Yep. And, and you want people to be able to identify your business and say, mm-hmm. these guys do this and they do it really well. Um, the great thing about that is that it limits your competition too, you know? Right. Um, while I, there are other companies say in the Greenville area, um, that, that do video. And then there are, you know, thousands upon thousands more in the, in the national market. Um, we're because we have niched, even in our video world, um, our competitors are limited. You know, we only have so many competitors and there's really no competitor here in in the Greenville market. That's awesome. That's really cool. So, so you're into nine, eight central, you've, you've got these, this amazing list of clients that you've gotten to work with. Yeah. Um, what, what are those clients looking for? Why, why are they coming to you? Is it because of that focus that you have? And you, you know, you mentioned that you got more focused in the video segment. So 
you know, it's not just that video is what you're doing, but there's, there's, it sounds like there's some kind of niche that you're carving right. out even within that space. Uh, but primarily, I'm really interested to know, like, you know, TD, Fats, all those guys, like, right. why are, what do these brands understand that makes them say, yes, we need video? Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so one of our guiding principles starting off was um, to create better video than the client's paying for, you know? Okay. Um, so if they're paying $5,000, give them a $10,000 video. You know, if they're paying 10,000, give them a $20,000 video. Um, the, the, the downside to that for me as a business owner is, you know, I don't make as much money because <laughs> right. I'm, I'm pouring so much production into it, you know? Um, but those pieces then allowed us to sell bigger and better work. Um, I've always believed in creating the, the work that, that you want to do. You know, so um, I've seen people, even in the video and, and photography world, that they they they're out for the quick buck. They're out for just you know, right. let me shoot this one small project, and then um, you know, let me do it in a cheap way so I can make some money, and then you know, they they then complain because they're stuck in that that world. But you have to elevate your work and get it to a point where the the big boys want to see it and they they like it. Right. And um, there's if it's not being paid for, you're I'm assuming that then you've got to be the one to to eat that cost. Right. So that way you can produce something that attracts that level of customer. Yeah, and we've, I've done that on project where I don't make a cent. And that's you know? worked? Yes, that's very worked. well. Yeah. Um, and you have to be strategic, obviously. You know, right. like obviously you have to keep the lights on. And, you know, my right. wife loves it whenever she like turns on the water faucet and the water comes out. You know, <laughs> she just likes the, the bills being paid. Um, right. And so there's, there's um, practical concerns to it. But when you can, when you see the opportunity, you go, okay, this is a great partnership. This is a, right. a client that gets it. They understand story, and they really want us to do something amazing for them. You know, hey, why not? You know, throw right. some extra value to it. Um, and so, like, what I did when I started 98 Central, I, I knew the agency world. I came from that background, and I said, um, who are the people that are the, the low-hanging fruit? Who are the people that I can just reach out to and say, hey, I'm here. I shoot video. Let's do something awesome together. Um, and I reached out to all the agencies here in town and then, you know, further out um, because I knew their world. I knew their pain point. I knew right. exactly what they needed. Um, and that's something that I think um, is helpful for anybody, whatever the business you're in. You know, start with the, the people that, that you know best and the, the market that you know best and do the stuff that's simple and easy at first, you know, just to get the easy, quick money coming in. Um, so that's what I did with, with that. And so through those agencies, like Fast Cafe came through Crawford Strategy, which was um, here, here in Greenville. Um, and from that, that started building the portfolio. And then there's stuff that we got on our own. Like um, we shot for GE, uh, Volkswagen, um, Milliken, Samsung. You know, all those are just us. Right. But um, some of it's through agencies. And a lot of times what they look for is just for the big guys, they look for... Um, uh, a really strong portfolio and the ability to deliver right you know, with video it's very expensive these days to do it i mean we're shooting on forty thousand dollar cameras just the body alone you know and right. then we have you know twenty thousand dollar lens attached to it you know it's it's just expensive um so they want to know that you have the equipment necessary to you know create a good product you know for better or for worse that's right. that's kind of like what the market is today but for the smaller guys the thing that differentiates us is um, you know we really focus on the story um, and how to uh, make a compelling story for them, right. and you know as we talked about you know there's there's multiple ways of of 
of uh, marketing yourself through print, web, video. And there's times, like I just did that recently with a guy that came in and I said, hey man, you don't have a video problem, you have a branding problem. You know, <laughs> I basically, right. I mean, I was like, we'll help you with this video side of things, but we're gonna have to help. You know, you're gonna have to change the way you're branding your company, you know, to, for this video to work. And it's a very honest conversation that you have to have with them, but right. that's how we help the smaller, you know, five million and less type uh, companies. Um, succeed is um, we have a, a process that we kind of just walk them through um, from from beginning to end to ask them key questions right. and gets them to a point where you know we're all on the same page and understanding what mm -hmm. we need to do and how do we, how we create a compelling story. Right. I think that's really interesting what you're saying. You know, for for the smaller business, you said a lot of times. I'm not saying in the one example you gave, yeah. right? <clears throat> They want to talk about something, but they don't have a brand. Yeah. How, how come the brand thing is, is keeping them from getting a good? What's What's the actual problem there? Like, why can't they just say, "I'm Plumber Joe, and I'll fix your plumbing." You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Bye. Like, hang up the phone, right? <laughs> like, why, why, why do they need a, a strong brand? Why is that important to story? And then, I mean, that's a really loaded question there, but what what's the point of the story thing why can't you just say hey this is what i want you to yeah do? um and that's a great question the there's a lot of um people out there who have created great companies that have a, a powerful product but they just don't know how to communicate that product to their customer base you know and it requires a very specific set of skills that that in a, in a very uh, an attention to data and an understanding of, of what people are looking for um, and I think some people. So it's not. So basically, the problem is, you have this great product, but it's not connecting to customers. Right. And so yeah. you're saying you need a story, and a brand. Those two tools are needed in order to connect with customers. Yeah, absolutely. People don't buy um, the best vacuum cleaner most most often. Like most people buy like the the worst or the the, the mid level vacuum cleaner, but they they buy the vacuum cleaner with the best story, you know, that's clearly explained. That's like, hey, right. plug it in, press the power button. It, you're, look, your carpet's clean. What more do you want? You know, and it's like, okay, right. yeah, it's it's within my price range. You know, it looks cool. Let's buy it. You know, um, that's probably not the best vacuum cleaner. And that's the thing that I think that that um, really frustrated me starting on with our company was that sometimes we would lose projects mm -hmm. to someone who was vastly inferior to us. And not saying that in a, in a proud or boasting way, but just like the the level of service wasn't the same. That their quality of their product wasn't the same. Like it's just, it was clear right. to see, but they were much better at com communicating to um, a potential client exactly what services they provided and how they were going to take care of them. And you know, why not? Why wouldn't the cl client go with them? You know, they were, they had, they had the clear, clear message and uh, we were beat out. And I think that's the problem that a lot of entrepreneurs and, and smaller mm -hmm. businesses who don't, can't afford like a, a a dedicated marketing agency. Right. Um, I think that's a lot of the times their problem. They just don't. Um, they don't get how to communicate and and clearly define who their target audience is and what their target audience's needs are. Right. So, you know, I think maybe maybe the examples off here. I'm just having trouble with the whole vacuum. Maybe it's because it's the vacuum cleaner, right? <laughs> right? But, you know. You're saying that a vacuum cleaner can tell a story or are, is that just, because you're talking of almost like a commodity there, right? Like you've got the Dyson, 
Right. So they tell a very interesting story. Yeah. Which makes so if I was comparing them to other high priced vacuum cleaners, right? I get I get where the story thing plays in there. Right. Right. So um help me understand what you mean when you say being more clear in your story because I, I can totally understand um you know the the whole Dyson example for just for our instance, right? I can see how yeah, if I was getting a high-end vacuum cleaner, they've told me the story that it's not going to clog, right? And that it's easy to maneuver. You know, there's right. there's not this kind of clunkiness to it. Right. So it's convenient and I don't have to deal with all the mess, right? That's what I want if I'm getting a Dyson. Yeah. Um, so for the vacuum, you're saying that somebody, you know, basically when somebody's going to pick out a vacuum cleaner and they're, they're in the Target or whatever, Walmart, and they're looking at all the vacuum cleaners... Even in that instance, they're being influenced by the story that you've told. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, with vacuum cleaners, there's right. there's obviously differences between that and, a, say, a service. Right. Or, you know, a, it depends on the market. But there's different um, buckets, let's say, of, of products. There's a, there's a bucket that may be, you know, the high-end luxury brand. Right. You know, there may be a bucket that's just kind of like your mid-tier. They want to feel like it's luxur- luxurious, but they don't want to pay too much. And then maybe right. it's the low-tier. They just want something that, that just does the job. You know. And so if, once you understand what your industry, what your market is looking for, what your target audience needs, um, then you can help tell a story that, that's very clearly defined to, to, to what they need. Um, if, if someone walks in and, and they're thirsty you know, and they really need water, it's going to be very easy to sell them water. You know, right. it's going to be difficult to sell them, you know, something that's not water, you know, it's going to quench that thirst. Right. So in this instance, you know, um, the thirst of say the, the, the luxury tier is going to be, man, I really want it to look good. I want it to have all the, the amenities that make me feel good. You know, I want it to be okay. the, the, not that I don't know if people talk about vacuum cleaners, but I want my, you know, my, my social club to talk about so how the, nice that, the vacuum cleaner is. Those, those people don't care that the vacuum cleaner is a vacuum cleaner for the sake of like, it's going to suck up the dirt. Right. They're thinking, I want something that's sexy. And so you right. have to appeal to that. Right. And that's a part of telling the clear story. The clear story is not really necessarily a story about you, the vacuum cleaner maker. It's the story about the person that's going to be using the vacuum cleaner and how you're going to make their life better, you know, and okay. how you're going to be, they're going to be the hero. And you're just showing them like, hey, this is how we meet all your needs. It's right. about the target audience's needs. You know, for that mid-tier, they want the feeling of luxury maybe, and but not pay as much. Right. So they're looking for a common sense set of, you know, quality but maybe it's not not so priced so you're explaining all those things maybe maybe the pitch to them is hey you buy this vacuum cleaner i know it's just a little bit more than you wanted to spend but you buy this vacuum cleaner you're, you're going to have it for 10 years it's going to last right. you never have to buy another one again you know and um so that's why it's always important to understand who your target audience is because if you know if i'm the only vacuum cleaner manufacturer that understands that my market segment wants this particular thing right you know, I'm going to sell way more vacuum cleaners than anyone else before they figure it out. Right. And I'm ahead, you know. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's like with, um, oh, man, there was a, a vacuum cleaner company that I was there. I can't believe we're talking about vacuum cleaners. I don't know. Right but, yeah, <laughs> I have, and I have a story about one, too. There's this uh, company, they, they, um, they were trying to sell to men. And, like, that was the big thing. You know, it was just starting to be like, you know, all ladies would, would buy vacuum cleaners. And they're like, man, we got this whole male segment that's wanting to buy vacuum cleaners now. And I've said vacuum cleaner more in one day than I ever have in my life. Um, and 
they figured out that men wanted to see the work. They wanted to see the result of the vacuum cleaner um, doing its thing. And so inside it, there's this canister, you know, that the, like the dirt spins in and they made it clear. Right. It was, it used you to be that like, a lot. Oh, now. Yeah. Yeah. And these were the first people to figure that out. And so it just like, it clicked with guys, like guys just want to see the dirt like spinning in the dust balls Interesting. <laughs> and they sold a crap ton of, of cleaners before anyone else. Interesting. So that's really cool. Yes. I did not know that. So that's yeah. know your target audience. <laughs> right. Very cool. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I want to get real practical, you know, and I think we have been a little bit practical here. But for the person that's, hey, web is important, video is important, you know, you have all these mediums, Facebook Live, video streaming. Yeah. You know, these are different platforms. Are you going to produce the same kind of content for all those platforms, you know, YouTube, Facebook Live, maybe Instagram? Are you going to take a, you know, a video that you shoot, maybe it's like a TV commercial. Mm -hmm. Do you need to put that on all the platforms or is it better to say, you know, basically what's the, what's the influence of the platform? You know, how, how do you maneuver that space? Yeah. That's, that's a whole podcast in and of itself. The, and it's such a moving target. Um, there's a lot of things that are just different from, from website to social media and then within the social media platforms, um, Facebook, for instance, if you put up a, a Facebook video that's that you really want to like sell something, or it's just not just your just a casual like oh, here's a you know video of my daughter doing something cute, um, it's right. actually wanting to sell something, you have to put um, in text. You know that's very important. So to, to put have, text like, subtitles, text, in yeah, text. subtitles in. So you can't just grab a video that you've done and throw it in there and expect somebody to right. look at it. Yeah, and that's, I'm assuming that's because people are going through their feed really fast. They're scrolling through. I, it's because people are checking Facebook in times where they don't want people to hear that they're checking okay. Facebook. So, uh, for instance, the latest uh, video that we did on Facebook, I think 50, over 50%, like 54% watched it with the audio off. Okay. And how long did they watch that video? Like the whole time, like whole I mean, time. like it, it, it would, it would, it always goes down. Like you know, the, you have the people that watch like the first for the first fifteen seconds, and then thirty, right. and then you know, it goes, goes down. But this was like a minute long video, and we, you know, there were hundreds of people that watched it all the way to the end with no sound on. <laughs> you know, and that blows your mind, right? And like, I mean, you just don't really think about that, but um, when you look at the data Facebook provides for you, like that's right. clear. So, is that know, the same on Instagram? And then you. Uh, you know, YouTube or is YouTube, you want audio and you don't want the, you definitely text. want audio on YouTube. Um, yeah, so, I mean, different. not the subtitles. I mean, obviously you want, right. Yeah. Enabled, but YouTube, do you want the, the tech subtitle stuff going through or is that no. just for Facebook, just Facebook, Instagram? Yeah. Well, in Instagram, I'm not sure about that because they haven't released data on that. They don't give you as much data as they do. Okay. Um, so we haven't played with that yet to see, you know, what people do, but I would think that it is a lot similar you know and instagram um really doesn't respond well to video as well as as they do photography for some reason i think people are more just used to like scroll double tap for like scroll double tap you know just do that kind of thing and they're not there to like really like sit and and like watch something for any length of time we've really tried Mm -hmm. hard to uh to to push it and it does have its its place and there are times where you, you need it but it's not like 
It's not like I would create this whole video campaign just for Instagram, right. you know, without really researching, make sure the target audience is there and they're going to consume it. Right. Yeah. So like, you know, there's uh, Facebook live, um, you know, that's kind of different. It's, but it's a bit more uh, relaxed and raw. A uh, question for you when it comes to that, you said relaxed and raw. Obviously you're doing these high end videos. You mentioned that, you know, your gear is the stuff, yeah, right? Right. But then you've got a typical video on Facebook. It seems pretty raw, right? So yeah. as a company, do you need to do both of those kind of pieces where you have a more raw and, uh, you know, more of the high end or, uh, basically, how, you know, how do you maneuver that space? Like what, what is the suggestion? Like what, what do we need to know about that? Sure. So the, the live aspect of video, whether it's Instagram stories or Facebook live or, um, any other stuff that's out there, um, that for most people doesn't really have a place, um, unless you're doing like instructional type educational, like that's, well, let me, let me put it, let me back up and say this. The people that are seeing the best results are the people that are doing, you know, educational mentor type videos. So it's someone okay. that's popping up a video and they're saying, Hey, you know, um, I'm going to answer, you know, 10 questions about how to get your small business, you know, rocking and rolling. And you know, these people are popping up questions and you okay. have to do it in a very, in a way that's very intelligent. So, um, because Facebook live does require you, know, you to be live, you know, and it's streaming as you're, as you're talking, uh, people need to know to watch it. And so that's a big problem. If people don't understand and know that, that, um, that you're live and that they can't ask questions, then, then it kind of like falls apart. So, um, I've seen people try to just randomly go, Oh, it's Tuesday afternoon. And, you know, I don't have anything else better to do. I'm just going to like pop up a Facebook live. Okay. If you know, if you're, um, I want to jump in on that real quick. You're yeah. saying, cause we push this a lot at Robo Juice. Yeah. You need, you actually need a plan. <laughs> Believe it or not. You need to work a plan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you don't just shoot a video and then throw it out there. Right. right. Yeah. So, uh, what is, what is this plan thing? Like why, how do, how do you execute that? So, um, for our company, we talk to our clients about pre-production, you know, pre-production is a big deal for us. That's where all the work is done. You know, the day of the shoot and then the post-production, it's merely executing what you've already planned in the very beginning. Um, the, the, the great thing about video is also a limitation. And that is if, once you shoot it, it's shot, you know, and, and to go back and redo it, is time consuming. It could be expensive. You know, if you have actors, you have like just a lot of logistical nightmares. So pre-production is important. And this is how you do it. You identify your target audience and understand exactly who those people are. You identify what their needs are. Um, and you identify what you want them to do. Like what's that, what's that uh, call to action for them? And you know, some other things that you can identify is, you know, Hey, what's the measure of success for us? You know, what do we say is success? Is, is it, you know, 10,000 views on our website? Is it 5,000 widgets sold? Is it, you know, uptick of 10% in our sales? Like what's that number? What's, what's it looking? Quantify it. So that allows you to have those, th when you have those four pieces together, then you can create a story and you can create a plan on how to, how to take it. Cause if you know, uh, who your target audience is, you know, if it's suburban moms, you know, between the ages of 35 and 55, you know, that, that are, have, um, a career, you know, and they love knitting, 
then I, I've already figured out exactly how I'm going to do my Facebook ad, you know? Right. <laughs> and I know what my story's going to be, and I know how I'm going to pitch the story. And I know, is it going to have a rock and roll or hardcore tune to it, you know? No, it's going to have something maybe a little bit softer. You know, right. it's all these things that, that, that um, influence what you do, and you're figuring out their need and all that sort of thing. Once you have that, that is then what you, t- you take to go, okay, this is, where my, this is the platform my target audience lives in. Um, this is the messaging that they want to hear. These are the needs that they have that um, that we can meet, and you know, then it then it gets easy. You know, then it's not just like ah, let's throw this and see what see you know if it sticks. It's actually like oh no, I know it's going to stick. I've already figured it out. I've already done the legwork. You know, so whether it's uh, so then with with Facebook Live, if you decide okay, yes, Facebook Live is the thing that's that's going to make make our company just explode, and this is going to work. Um, then you figure out okay, when are suburban moms? you know, on Facebook. Right. Nine o'clock at night. Yeah. Maybe so. If it's nine o'clock at night and you go and their need is, you know, they, they want like three really fast tips on whatever it is and we're it's gonna link to our product, you know, then you get somebody that's just looks like them, you know, that's believable, you know, that they can they can trust that's part of their tribe and and at you you um, tell people days in advance leading up to it every day, hey, nine o'clock at night, we're gonna do this great thing. You know, come come celebrate with us and have some fun with us. We're gonna hang out together, and then then that's so much better than than you know three drop in randomly. Yeah, right. The CEO like pokes his head into the to the marketing guy and like like do something. Right. Hey, let's shoot a let's shoot a Facebook live video. Somebody grab your phone. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. I was I was reading an article in Business Insider that said Facebook Live's the thing. So let's just do something. You know. Right. And that's that's where people start wasting money, and that's where people just get completely burned out on video. You know. Yeah. Or any social media. Yeah. So. You've got this process, which we've heard a little bit about. That's awesome. You need to work a plan. So I think, you know, I asked you at the very beginning, why did you do video? You know, in light of the process and you need a plan, those things come into play if you've already bought into the idea yeah. of video. Right. Why to close things out, right? Why would some, why does, why do we need to use video as companies, right? What What's... Why is it such a big deal? Why can't I just do this other stuff? Right? Sure. Blog yeah. posts or podcasts or whatever else. Well, how does that make, why is that a problem? Video is taking the world by storm. Um, it's, it's, people are spending billions of hours <laughs> watching videos. Online? Yeah, online. And it's not just cute cat videos. You know, it's, it's educational videos. It's videos about products. And that's how people are consuming the message now. You know, um, it used to be that, you know, even you've seen this, websites used to have paragraph after paragraph of, of text. Right. And, and don't people, do that, by the way. Right. Don't do that. Don't, don't put a lot of, <laughs> yeah, right. Don't put a lot of text. Not that you can't do a blog post. Right. Yeah. Like with information. Yep. But your product's landing page, right? You don't want to know everything. You need to know the specifics. Right. right. Bullet points and, you know, right. and you know, you're the expert on that. Um, but that is, uh, that's gone away. You know, it used to be, if you look at the 1950s type ads, like they would do like these full page ads of words and people would read those words, you know, and right. they would consume it. And, and like copywriters were, were rock stars in the, in the advertising industry. Well, things have changed now. People aren't reading anymore. Um, they're reading minimal things, just enough to get by. But um, the way that they consume information, the way they get educated on products is through video. And the statistics are showing that people are staying on websites longer. Um, the conversion rates higher when you have video on 
your your website, you know, all these things, all these metrics are just like rolling in. It's just it's just an overwhelming um, uh, tsunami of data that right. shows that the people are, are watching the stuff and it's actually bringing results. Um, it's that, and then it's a great way to humanize your brand. It's a great way for people to, uh, you know, we relate to people that we we th- that we see and that we can, you know, for better or for worse, we judge them. We get, we say, oh, that person looks like, like me, you know, like, okay, you know, they're, they're a normal looking person. They use this product, you know, or, you know, you get to see the face of the people that, that are behind it, behind it, you know, talking passionately about it. And, you know, yes, there is a, a place for every medium out there. But for video, um, it does something that uh, maybe some other mediums can't do as well, and that is humanize your brand, you know, and and make your brand something that that people can trust. Um, it's just a tool. It's a it's a but it's a very powerful tool. And if you can use it right, and if you know all the steps leading up to to to, to making it powerful, um, it can do some amazing things for your company. Right. Awesome. Very cool. So to shut it down. The one, th- like, if you had to tell everybody listening one thing, right? Woo, there's a crack in the <laughs> voice. If you had to tell everybody one thing, one thing that they need to walk away with, right? The call to action for this show, what is it? What's the thing? Yeah, so the, the call to action as far as are you looking for um, something they should know about video or something that they should now do, go out and do? Just whatever, if you say... I want you to go out and grab lunch. I don't care what it is. You know, what's the thing? What's, yeah. it's, it can be a value. It can be any kind of tip, tactic. What is the one thing that you're going to... I always say live and with? die by your target audience and what they need. Um, we have... I've sat in meetings with companies that are do a billion plus in sales, and they don't know their target audience. Um, and it's something that's easy just to kind of like have it fuzzy in your brain or maybe you have like a kind of a concept, but you don't know, have it locked in. Um, and I think that'd be a great exercise for anybody that watches this, you know, get a pad of paper or however you just kind of think, um, pull up your iPad or your laptop and start writing a, a description of who your target audience is. You know, use as much demographics and, and uh, um attitudes and behaviors of them that you need to, to just kind of like explain, this is what my target audience is. They're, they're male, they're female, they're, you know, they're whatever age and think about that and then figure out what they need. Um, if you, if you find those two nuggets, whether you're doing video or web print or anything, it's going to make your company that much more efficient and it's going to allow you to easily and successfully market your products. Awesome. Will, thank you so much, sir, for today's interview. Uh, chat fireside (laughs) chat Uh, awesome thanks guys so much for listening Uh, if you like Will Will where can they find you Um, I'm at 98c.org number 9 number 8 letter C is in central.org awesome thanks everybody hey guys thank you so much for listening to today's show if you don't mind hopping over to iTunes and giving us a review if you like the show that would be awesome we would love to see 5 stars from you But if not, that's totally cool. Up to you. If you don't know what RoboJuice is, we take the guesswork out of web by using a proven process. We offer digital solutions that help companies eliminate the stress of maintaining an effective online platform, freeing you, business owners, to focus your time and energy on the areas that fuel your passion and creativity. 
Also, if you want to get in contact with us, you can head over to robojuice.com slash podcast, and we would love to hear from you there. Thanks again so much for your time today, and I hope you have a good one.